Hey there, folks. This is The Daily Marketer, and you are listening to part two to our chat with Ty DeGrange, the CEO and principal of Round Barn Labs, a growth-as-a-service agency. I like to keep this short, so please enjoy this very special episode with Ty. For the audience, what does growth-as-a-service mean exactly? Is, is there a certain way you're structuring your team to help, and you mentioned like as a, as a team, an emphasis on that to solve a, the the bigger problem. Is there, sir, when you're you're structuring as in, are you bringing in a developer, a data scientist, um, a project manager, and and a, and a paid marketer to 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 work yeah. with them? Candidly, it's everything but the developer right now. Okay. So it's a really it's a good one. I mean, we we've been advised to get more developers in house and to offer that. And we have a number that we really like to work with, but I would say we have uh, we have those accessible and available to us, uh, all of the, the channels, but we, we would not uh, provide the developer resources currently. I, I would just say that that's, that's kind of been the approach to date, but it's definitely a calculation across multiple channels of do we eventually get into that world more. Yeah, um, it's been debated since we started the business, and we into we, the world of growth as a service more. Uh, into the world of development, having so web, web development, yeah. more yeah. more engineering's on engineers on staff. Yeah, having the ability to readily build more 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 quickly. Um, we've chosen not to get on that path to date. We've dabbled um, candidly. Yeah, but um, we've tried to focus on the areas where we can be most impactful and most focused. Um, yeah keep cost kind of in the most efficient way for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Developers are, are not, not cheap either. Right. I mean, it can, it can get really expensive if you're having someone and if the company's willing to do it, to bring in a developer to, to make some changes to the product and, you know, you test something out and it's like, Oh, maybe this isn't where like, it could also yeah. elongate the, the entire process to, to reach the outcome that they're looking for. Yeah. And I, I don't know how big the market is for that, to be honest. Like I don't know too yeah. many, Companies. companies who are like, yeah. sign me up. I want, I want a developer, analytics, right. product designer, paid yeah. marketing. Like, I think it's, I think it's the use case is a little more easy to plug in. Yeah. With, with there's a, there's a lot in that other bucket. I mean, just, just to be able to wrap your head around, yeah, your experience, story, strategy, yep. moving into content, moving into paid is, is a lot. Um, yeah. As you can imagine. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the way companies are structured, I mean, this is a business trend in the past 40 years is it, it's it's hard to uh, come in and go, oh, let's change in things about your product. You know, like, let's 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 have a developer here and do this. Yeah. I, I brought a product manager. How does that sound? They're going to be like, uh, no, thanks. You know, like we we got it handled. You know, I, I, there's just the way in, in like a matrix, the way it's set up is things are siloed. And so if you come in, it might be hard. I've, I've found it hard. It's always product is a, impossible to reach. You know, the product team, it's, as, as a market, it's like, oh yeah, if we would just change this part in the flow or, you know, change the communication here, it would really change everything. And it's like, you know, it's a six-month 
six, six month out, outlook to actually get that thing done. And, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think there's value where, you know, we, we've, I've been fortunate and a lot of our teammates have been fortunate to have a lot of good collaboration with engineers in their career. A lot of people on the team with good collaboration with product people or they've been a product person. And I think that that lends itself well. I, I like to, it doesn't, it isn't always what gets people the most excited, but I think being able to have the knowledge to speak the language of engineering, speak the language of product, yep. speak the language of growth, which is you know, kind of deploying all of, all of them at times to a degree on to move the business KPIs forward. I think that that is valuable and it's not always what people lead with or what you is most attractive about working with our team. But I think it's, I think people get value from it and they do see it eventually and they go, okay, yeah, you're, you're tasked with focusing on really efficient paid marketing, but you're able to, you know, effectively communicate with their greater team about some of the value of maybe running significant number of, you know, AB tests on landing pages and, and, and channel specific landing pages as an example. Yeah. Um, so I think just having, being able to be empathetic to their situation yeah. And the things they're not focused on and the things that they are can be can be beneficial and make your focus even more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 good marketing, right? Is knowing the audience and then adapting, yeah. tailoring to speaking their language and showing that you put yeah. thought into it. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I I do care. I do know where you're coming from. And then let me help you understand where I'm coming from now that I've shown that I, I I'm willing to go into your world a little bit. Totally. And it, and as, as the the whole movement of marketing and growth becomes more product driven. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. It becomes a necessity and you, yeah. you almost have to become a PM in a way um in your thinking, I think. Um and become really well well versed in the challenges and the reality of of being in-house uh, to be effective sometimes so yeah um, we see that a lot where we might be kind of like a hybrid of we're actually on some engagements a embedded resource and an aid and the agency at the same time um so you know it's interesting it's a it, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves um and, and things come in cycles there's times when certain things are like yep totally outsourceable let's go and other times where it's like yep we're going to retain a lot of that XYZ in-house and it varies by size and yeah, timing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great, great, great points. Uh, so, so, so on the subject of, I, I know I mentioned it last week, the, the growth, the growth marketing as a service, growth as a service. So in some way your, your company is the inception of growth marketing because not only are you providing growth as a service to startups and larger companies, but you yourself have to market and grow your agency as its own entity. Uh, so, so I, I guess want to lead into how do you market your agency? How do you go about thinking about that? That's a great question. And like a lot of businesses, um, what's the old adage you uh the cobbler's shoes child cobbler's children's shoes are not the the nicest in town if you will um it it sometimes doesn't get the 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 airtime that it deserves because you're yeah. focused on the the clients right um which you should be and yeah. 
And so for us, it's historically been word of mouth as it has been for many service-based businesses. Um, we definitely are looking to evolve that. We haven't done a ton of you know, paid investment. It's been primarily you know, trying to get helpful content out, uh, sharing that with you know, relevant parties, um, definitely having good experiences from existing clients that want to come back. We just had a nice experience where that's happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I'm really trying to continue that. I think that conferences um, <laughs> historically have been a great lever. And now with COVID, we, we've had to quickly adjust to find digital means. I think it creates a number of other challenges as I'm watching it daily to say, what are you doing to differentiate on those digital experiences? And how do you rise above the noise now that everyone is flooding to those digital experiences? it's sometimes harder to connect, you know, when you're in person, how many signals are you getting back from me versus being on video or audio? Yeah. Uh, pick up a lot more inputs to say, this is someone I want to work with. This is, this person's making sense to me. Uh, they can help us. Um, that's definitely evolving quickly. Um, but in some ways it's, I don't think it's changed uh, drastically. You know, I think that, People are having a great experience, whether you're an app or an agency, they're going to share that with others through a word of mouth kind of under the viral umbrella, right? So, Yeah. Was, was, how, did, uh, how did you end up getting your first client? Was that a word of mouth opportunity or a part of your, your connections that you'd had? Yeah. It's, um, you know, when people work with you at different companies, the first one was really through a, comp, uh, a colleague that I had worked with previously. And I've been really fortunate to have worked with some really great people over the years that have become great partners, great clients, sometimes even people that have joined our team as employees. So um, that's really been the bulk of it. People that I have worked with in the past that we enjoyed collaborating together. We, we uh, had familiarity and understanding of how each other works. Um, and that has really worked well. But as that evolved, you know, you kind of have to diversify and build on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I, mm-hmm. I know someone that they had worked at Amazon like you, and then they left and mm-hmm. they had got, they had worked at, you probably heard of Moz. I'm, I'm sure you have. And, Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. They worked at Moz before they worked at Amazon. And someone, someone at Moz who was kind of higher up was like, Oh, you know, I know, I know you don't want to work for a company, you know, like if you want to do some freelance, maybe I can send some projects mm-hmm. your way that, that they, they approach me. And for the past yep. two years, he's only done that. He's only gotten the 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 referrals from her because she doesn't have the bandwidth to do it. And that's that he's he's been writing that. And I'm sure it's led to other opportunities because he, he's he's doing some good work for them. You know that that can yeah. that can go a really long way, right? Of of course, if you have, you know, we we've also set up some really great mutually beneficial channel partnerships uh, that have complement you know complementary aspects to them yeah um going back to that great that reciprocity yeah 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 incentives are aligned all right yeah reciprocity you obviously want to do first and foremost you know great work and have great reputation for those that you're working with uh, so that there's value in incentivizing and or referring rather yeah um the referral is more based on that than it is anything, but I think that there's certainly value with some financial aspects sometimes and some channel partnerships. 
yeah. most of the time it's just you 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 actually think this person is going to do a great job for that individual yep. for that business and that's that's often how we approach it it's like look i don't there's a chance that we talk and and we will not be the best fit for you or we will not be able to work together but i I really want to provide you with some solution or refer you to the person that can. And so that's most of the time, you know, the lens at which we want to take when we talk to prospective clients or any business that comes to us, we we just want to be a supporting help in their, in their process. And and if that's with us, great. If it's not, no worries. We want to get them quickly, get them to the best person as quickly as we find the solution for them through the best partner. Exactly. So, so how do you scale a company like Round Barn Labs? Uh, is is it something that has a clear, scalable roadmap, or is it something that actually takes? It's it's a little more of a delicate thing that requires a larger pivot. Really good question. I, I guess it depends on what what you want to do and what your goal of scale is and how you define scale. I, um, I I'll speak to I'll speak to kind of how I think about it. Um, I think that there's been multiple times throughout the business in the last six years that we've been at it, that I have, um, not chosen certain paths that I know are more scalable in terms of size, scope, number of clients, number of employees, things of that nature. Um, not sure if that's the smartest thing in the world, but that's been my approach, um, we encounter that regularly now where we think about where do you want to be? And so I think of us as more of a high touch, smaller team that can go deep and um, be more of an extension of a team. Yeah. I, I think there could be opportunities in the future where maybe we pursue a path that's more, more scalable, but I think, I think we are one of those um, teams that does you know, take on a lot of the client kind of uh, interaction that really wants to be an extension of that team, really wants to be really hands-on with that with that company that we're working with. Um, there's elements of that that are scalable and there's elements of that that are not as scalable. And so I think of us more probably going to be staying more of a smaller team size for a number of years. But ideally, we gain continued credibility and improve continuously uh, as most growth people are trying to do um, with the impact that we make with the clients that we have with as, as we get more case studies out, as we get more word of mouth, as we get more revenue or growth impact or uh, yeah. efficient customer acquisition or proving things like retention or conversion rates. Those are things that we, we do view. And so uh, it, it's a good question because it's a tough, it's a tough calculus. You don't want to yeah. give up volume or or becoming you know a big viable company yeah. um but i think i i really enjoy being somewhat dealing with the weeds of the challenges of how do you fix problems and how do you grow i'm sure um, you know we all go through that challenge right to yeah what point do you want to manage 100 people or 200 people and build out you know, yeah. large scale hr functions and and yes i think Large companies have gone remote and being able to remove a lot of the bureaucracy and red tape, which is great. Kudos to them. And, you know, maybe we'll end up in that realm, but I feel like we're, we're committed to being kind of a tight knit close team for now and, and foresee that for probably a number of years in the future. I, I just, I think that that 
it's going to be more enjoyable for our style and our way of working. Um, I like and respect teams that can keep headcount really low, um, yeah. if possible. Yeah. But it's hard to do as you as you look to grow and, and add add more, you know, add more to your business. Yeah. You need to improve. Yeah, I, I think there's 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 a lot of respect there too, if, especially if a company can do things on a grand scale and be perceived you know someone goes oh i didn't even know that that company is only a hundred people big you know like i a company that comes to mind is is uh evernote you know Ever, evernote was yes. only 50 people until some like 2011 it was around for what is like 12 years at that point you know and uh this yeah. one guy who was actually an immigrant to to america was like, oh no, I like I, I like how we do this thing, and and I I was shocked because I had used Evernote for a few years at that point. You know, is yeah, dang, this is this is a on par uh, with OneNote. It's it's a it's, uh, a, it's it's it might be it's it's better. You know, and and OneNote is part of the gargantuan of Microsoft. You know, absolutely, it's so cool. You see companies like WhatsApp and Insta- Instagram. Yeah. You know. It's insane. Some of these um, David and Goliath yeah. software companies that can have 10, 20, 30, 40 people and be worth over a billion dollars. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's really exciting to watch some of those companies and envious of their ability to do that. Um, on the service side, obviously, it's much more challenging. You know, you've yeah. got typically lower margin, you've got. <laughs> uh, but but it's it's exciting nonetheless for us too to be to be inspired by that. Yeah, definitely. So so I, I, this is a question that's been rolling in my mind a lot. Is uh, you know people go, what's the difference between a startup and a small business, or a startup and someone building a personal brand brand around uh, fitness, like like mm-hmm. coaching sessions, one on one, and and I. I have my own answer, which is I think a startup operates with a certain mentality and philosophy and uh, moving really fast with an intention of perhaps growing quickly uh, or maybe not, you know, versus a small business could be more of a, you know, I know the word's gone around of it's a lifestyle business, you know, like we only want a certain amount of clients and I don't really want this thing to scale because like, I'm happy just serving the few clients that we have. And, you know, we're a brick and mortar. We're always going to be that. So, so, so what, what do you think? What do you think is the difference between a startup and a small business? Yeah, I think uh, startups are on the inventing side of the spectrum. I think Mm -hmm. that they are introducing something new to the market. They are, creating a new category. They are trying to convince someone of doing something completely different, whether it's hmm. you know, running out your home to strangers or getting in a car via an app for Uber or, you know, having, you know, doing like downloading enterprise legal software that you know, allows yeah. in-house counsels to collaborate, which they never had before. I think that um, for the small business side, you can have levels of innovation or yeah. have improvements around existing businesses, similar to us saying we're not an agency, we're a growth consulting firm, or we provide a growth as a service because we have multidisciplinary folks that can surround you know these channels to make them more efficient and more more powerful. Um, but but I think that's how I distinguish it. It's a little bit more of a I as much as I'd like to say I'm you know I use the term founder a little initially, but really not a startup. We're more of a improvement upon an existing model, I think, than we are a, a startup. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and sorry, how would you describe a small business? I think the small business is more taking, I think, I think it's more of a, you kind of have the standard definition number employees, right? Um, yeah. And then you've got kind of, you're offering something that has been done previously, but maybe just in a different way. You know, you're a restaurant, you're a service business, you're a uh, provider in a, you know, builder, you're a, yeah. Um, Within the established industry or business yeah. model, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The, the business model has been done before, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's proven. Now, yeah. now the, the irony is like, look at how many startups that you and I look at on a piece of paper and say, well, that's, that's this just packaged in this way. So yeah. in other words, they might be more of a traditional business um, mm. pitched as a innovative, like an invention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, perhaps it might be marketed which, a little different just that way. Yeah. 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 But, 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 uh, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, hmm. I, I, I like the way you look at it because it, it gives clarity to how I should be looking at it. You know, it, it reminds me of that Peter Thiel book, zero to one. Did, did, did you get to read that book? Love that, love that yeah. book. Yeah. You great, know, like, like startups are thinking zero to one and then small businesses are thinking lateral. They're thinking left to right, you know, like they're mm-hmm. thinking, Oh, let's just, let's just keep on. That works. You know, like yeah. let's, let's sell CBD gummies on Amazon because all these, <laughs> all these brands have great reviews yeah, and, and people but, love them. Let's, we'll make some money that way, you know? Totally. But that, that kind of sparks another concept of, I, I think that there is varying degrees across the spectrum where yeah. you probably get into a stage of small business that is really close to becoming the definition of a startup. In, the, in other words, yeah. they are innovating so much that it's it's kind of like a startup yeah maybe they're not quite inventing yet or yeah. creating a new category yet but i think you have this spectrum yeah that um, like you could have five six seven degrees maybe yeah but that's probably a whole other conversation we could dive into <laughs> right yeah yeah that's that's so that's, a, a blog that's, post. A, that's a blog that's post that's a blog post for you yeah thank you i'll i'm gonna i'm gonna snag that one uh so let's see. I, I we're almost at time, and, and I, 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 maybe we'll have to have another time conversation. Flies. I know. I think there's a lot to talk about. I, I do. I'm dying to ask you. Um. So, how, how do you how do you manage in, in the in the honor of running and starting a company, and it's been running for six months. How do you manage being six, a ma- six years? But six enough. years. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> six months around to a year. You know. Uh. Yeah. How, how do you manage being a maker? and a manager, you know, like being, you, you have to be both in the world of business development for growing the company, but then also maybe, I don't know, you, you start involved in some of the strategic conversations and maybe even some aspects of the individual individual contributor work. So how do you manage your doing that? Great question. Um, it's kind of similar to how we think about how we help companies with their growth. And it's, uh, you ha- I try to kind of, it's tough. I, I, probably i first and foremost i rely on really really strong people that's taken me time it's taken Mm -hmm. me a while to get better at that when i first started it was just me um there were six months of that uh we we were fortunate to grow to a stage to get need more help yeah uh, clients um i think i've gotten to we rely really heavily on really strong people really strong operators um, you know, our lead, the leads of our division yep. on the affiliate side, the leads of our paid side, uh, the leads of our CRO UX side, 
uh, to get the experts that have that are that are the UX pros involved immediately and get that movement going unless that's key. I think that going back to what I was sharing about the prioritization, there is a balance. So we need to kind of put together that stack rank of opportunities for ourselves, just like we do for our clients to say, where are we going to get the most bang for our buck? Where are we going to get the most value to grow the business and to help serve our clients better, which is kind of our, our growth loop. Yeah. Um, And then with that, say there's a mix of things where I can actually, it's going to be high value for me to come in and be a maker in this situation. Fortunately, the more we evolve, the more I don't have to do that. And the more I can be a manager and to get good people in the best seats to do great work. Um, That's extremely hard for me and extremely hard, I think, for anyone to let go in certain occasions. Um, But but I, I think, candidly, I'm probably better at that than I am probably the making at this point. Um, maybe have been for a long time. I think I'm, I'm enjoy the people management side at this, you know, small high touch boutique scale we consider and we're, we're at, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so it is, it is a tough calculus, but it is kind of a, a calculus to say, where are you going to really have the most impact based on your time, the revenue involved, the, the client, opportunities and challenges and the people ensuring that each of them is in their best position do they have what they need are they in a position to really do what they enjoy are they in the right seat within the organization or are they the right person but in the wrong seat and so Mm -hmm. having some of those conversations with them openly and testing out certain things to make sure we're we're taking care of our team and taking care of our clients um that's that's kind of how I view it, but I guess I'm very grateful to be moving more into the manager manager role and less yeah. into I have to be a maker, maker. in this situation. Yeah. And we're really fortunately relying on really good people to be the makers for the most part. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else that's working really well and you leaning more into the manager role and uh, allowing other people to, to 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 really lead and be the be, be, be the maker and uh, the, the, the right context and in, in their their wheelhouse that that you'd maybe recommend to a startup founder that's a good that's a good question um startup founder recommendations around the maker around, manager balance uh, yeah right? yeah m- more of w- that's working really well it seems like that's that's been a bit of a and maybe you've always known that that you know like we're going to get to a point where I empower and rely on these really strong people uh, to, mm-hmm. to to do their thing and, and being the makers that they are, and then I can be the manager. Is there anything else that's that that's working really well? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I think candidly, you you do your best to hire the best you can. You do your best to do your best maker work for the client. It's a mix, right? And I think sometimes you have to go through the growth and years and repetitions to try different things to see, I think self self knowledge and, and having some external people to talk to you and get that candid feedback from clients to go, this particular piece is garbage. This is amazing or whatever that might be. And just to be, just to help you um, know where you can come in and be most, just really nail it for, for the client or for the company you're at for your team. And so until you really hmm. have gotten that self-awareness, you yeah. have to have that self-awareness for you and you have to have your team have that self-awareness for each of them. 
Yeah. And I think once you have that comfort level and that awareness and that those data feedback um, from client and work, then you can know where you best slot in. Yeah. Um, I think it o- takes optimizing the team. Yeah. It's really optimizing it's, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, it takes, um, I think it just takes candor and looking at where you, you might have, you know, that T-shaped marketer view is a good one. Um, you might have two channels that you just hit out of the park and then you have like six that you're kind of like solid at, but you're not yeah. going to, you're not going to lead with those per se. And then you maybe have a few that you're trying to learn, or maybe it's like two and three or yeah. And you, you have the, some that you're like, I'm still trying to grasp these and I need someone to guide us. So yeah, it's tough to, to, to balance those. But I think that reps time candid outside perspectives outside the organization candid feedback from project partners and clients candid feedback from channel partners and just getting the data and, and saying hey here's where we're going to be most successful i mean we we've honed this down for a while and i think we've gotten i've gotten better at kind of knowing the who around the talent and the teams that are going to do well with with our with our type of work as well yeah. it's taken it's taken a while i think it does for any business and any person oh absolutely i i, I definitely think so or at least from what i've seen uh so, so just last couple of questions i like to end with always asking how can i help either in the work that you're doing or in in conversations and in introduction like is there anything i can do to help great question um I have a feeling that we will find ways to collaborate and help each other, uh, given your experience. Um, you know, some of the things you've done with, with regard to testing new channels and being on the cutting edge of different brands like Rover, um, I imagine we'll be collaborating and conversing and sharing data around, hey, this is what's working, this is what's not. And that's changed recently, and this is why. Um, those are the things I could envision us probably uh, getting some some help with. Um, and I'm sure there will be a lot more outside of that as well. Just, uh, just in the number of folks that you're talking to and, and the tests that you're running as a, as a growth marketer, as a paid marketing professional, um, you're constantly seeing this stuff. We, we, we look at the data, it's changing daily and monthly, like going back to what we like about this. So especially with the macro trends we're seeing, uh, it takes a lot of good people to help each other. And so, uh, we're excited to be part of that with you and, um, also flip the question around to you to say the same of how, how can I help you? So uh, I think there'll be lots of ways. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I happy, happy to, to, to be a, be a connection moving forward and share what I can I, I totally, especially around channels growing and, and things like this. Uh, and then finally, wh- wh- where can, where can we find you, uh, either you or, or around Barn Labs? I, I appreciate it. I'd say, um, I like Twitter. I'm on it a lot for information, connecting with people that are new and, and cutting edge. Uh, love following the investment community, startups, growth, marketing. Um, that's fun. LinkedIn's probably, you know, getting more active there and, and sharing some data and find us there. Uh, we'll also post some things on our blog at roundbarnlabs.com on occasion. Okay. But I uh, really appreciate you asking. All right, great. And any asks of the audience? Keep the questions and comments coming. Love to help help them learn and learn more about what they can do differently, what's what's working, what is not. And so just uh, not being shy to, to ask away. Love to be helpful.
Wonderful. Okay. And, and we'll include uh, roundbardlabs.com and your your Twitter handle uh, link in uh, in the show notes uh, and, and LinkedIn as well. So yeah, th- thanks. Just have, thanks. Yeah, just cut, cut right to the email too. You can, you can email sure. me directly at ty at roundbardlabs.com. Love to, love to help, help and chat and help them out. Okay. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Ty. Thanks for listening to that two-part conversation with our guest. I really do hope I'm creating some value for you and making the journey of entrepreneurship a little less noisy, a little less lonely, and a little less stressful. Before you go, I want to ask you for one small favor. If you liked what you heard, please help grow the show with me by either one, reviewing on Apple Podcasts, or two, subscribing to the show. To sweeten the deal, we're going to do something a little special. If you review the show on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to enter you into a $50 Amazon gift card contest, which we're going to announce the winner of every other week. It's simple. Review the show on Apple Podcasts. It's that little purple podcast app on your phone. Go to the show, scroll to the bottom, and hit review. 10 seconds, 10 words, very easy, and be entered into a raffle for a $50 Amazon gift card, which we're going to announce the winner of every other Thursday. It's free money. You got to love that. And it's easy to do. If you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be amazing. Thanks and take care and good night.